Welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fitoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at P Fitoff. So we're episode 99 today. This is the NC State preview, but first things first, head over to our website at FanStreamSports.com for a plethora amount of additional information, other podcasts, more in-depth uh, sports analysis, uh, just tons of stuff out there. Also, if you have an Android device or an Apple device, download the app FanStream Sports and then go to our Facebook page, like that page. There's other additional information out there. Share everything out there too to your family and friends for all that content that you enjoy at FanStream Sports. So back to episode 99, this is the NC State preview. For all of us Notre Dame fans, let me take a step back. For all of us non-delusional Notre Dame fans, We've had this game circled since last year. Some of us think this is a trap game, or this is just a game where, hey, we got to be ready to play. After two games against Navy and Tennessee State, nothing against those two schools, but or two teams, I should say. Uh, that is, it's not the opponent. We really haven't played anyone. That's what I'm just trying. We have not played anyone. And NC State, yeah, they're not a playoff team right now. But this is going to be a true test. It's our first true road test. It's going to be in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. So let's first things first, let's get to the basics of the game. Uh, Notre Dame at NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina. First road game of the season. First true road game of the season. Ireland, to me, was not a road game. This will be at noon Saturday, September the 9th on ABC. And Notre Dame is favored by seven and a half points. Uh Injury report, it was known yesterday during Coach Freeman's press conference that senior receiver, former walk-on receiver Matt Salerno will be out for a significant amount of time for a leg injury. Uh, I know you think of that name, uh, you know, he's not one of our top receivers, but still, it is a loss, loss depth-wise. Hopefully Matt can get back sooner than expected. However, we still will have his uh, great senior leadership on the sidelines. Uh, in the coaches poll today, we're now at 11th. We were at 13th. In the AP poll, we went from 13th to 10. So 10 AP and then 11 coaches poll. So the opponent, NC State, uh, played UConn this past Thursday. They won 24 to 14. It wasn't anything spectacular from that game that I saw. However, it was at UConn, first game for NC State. And they always say whether it's the pros or the college game, or even the high school game, a team makes one of the most significant improvements from week one to week two. And I expect that from NC State. They've had this game circled uh, probably since last year when they found out they were going to be playing Notre Dame. And we have got to be really uh, locked and loaded for this game because this isn't going to be Navy. This is going to be Tennessee State. Any sort of uh, mistake that you made during Navy or Tennessee State, which were very few, uh, if you make those against NC State, the game's going to be a little bit different, a little bit closer, and uh, this game could go right down to the wire. However, if we if we play our game with the talent level that we have, we have a we obviously have more talent than NC State. But if we don't take care of the ball, and if we just kind of screw around, uh, things could get interesting. So let's go to I have four four items for us to be successful in Raleigh, North Carolina on Saturday against NC State. So first things first, turnovers. I, I prefer no turnovers, but if you're going to turn the ball over, it's only got to, it can be maybe once uh, or twice. The more you turn the ball over, obviously you give uh, 
you're not going to be successful or how should i say it, the less you turn the ball over uh, the more you're going to be successful not during not just during this game but throughout the season and you got to think obviously rob that does that doesn't take a genius to figure that out but with these four talking points with the notre dame talent level that they have this year a lot of this is just pretty basic stuff and i can't say it enough uh one of the big things right here just very uh, eliminate turnovers is a big one and for talking point number one here's a big one as well we got to tackle better tennessee state uh especially early in the game we did not tackle good at all it got a little bit better during uh later in the game but there were still missed tackles if you do that against nc state or for these other opponents that are coming up it's going to burn you and games that you should win uh pretty uh easily are not going to be won as easy as we think we should they should be or we can lose them is what i'm trying to say as well uh also for point number three that i have keep that relentless attitude i've said that so many times in these last two podcasts this is the first time i've seen a notre dame team in a while where I, they just do not let up offensively and especially defensively where it's just they do not take a playoff that at least that i can see uh throughout the game and they just that relentless relentless attitude point number four and it's kind of a point four a point four i uh, can't talk point four a and point four b uh, they have a quarterback uh brennan armstrong he's actually from shelby ohio which is about an hour north here of columbus uh, he had played at virginia his first uh four years and he's a graduate transfer now at nc state uh prolific uh numbers however i don't think he's ever going to be a pro style quarterback uh, he also runs the ball a lot not a lot but he's very mobile and i if you want to make a comparison if you need to have someone for a backyard football game that can just kind of sling it all over the place and just be that guy to make plays that's the guy that he is however i think obviously the between him and sam hartman sam hartman's a lot better than him but this guy can make uh, things um, a little tricky for Notre Dame if they do not contain him, especially when a play breaks down and then he uses his, his legs. Because here's another thing too. As I mentioned earlier, you're going to think some of these points are just, anyone would know this, Rob, these four talking points. But basic football 101, even with the game has changed so much in the past you know, 10, 20 years, it's become more of a prolific passing type, even in the, some of the high school games as well but college and pros it's more of a passing game but still the basic fundamentals of football whoever runs the ball better and who stops the run better is going to have success and most likely win the game and that's what we have to do for this game as well so if we look at brennan armstrong's numbers though i didn't realize how good he was though um, so he was actually he was at virginia for five years because he got that COVID year as well so he was there from 2018 to 22, but let's just look at his 2021 stats, his most successful year at Virginia. He had 500 passing attempts and 326 completions for 65% uh, percent completion percentage. His passing yards, 4,449 yards. That's, that's pretty damn good. And then he had 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Further, as I said before, he can use his legs as well. He had 251 yards, uh, or he attempt, or he had 98 rushing attempts for 251 yards for nine touchdowns as well. I can't say it enough. If we 
eliminate our turnovers and contain Brennan Armstrong in their running game, we're going to be successful. And I would think, even though I'm not going to pick us to win by more than three touchdowns, but if all that works out where we run the ball better than they do, contain Brennan Armstrong, no turnovers, just play our game, be locked in at 12 noon, where this game should not be uh, go down to the wire is what I'm trying to say. So if we look uh, just at, I'm not going to go over our stats, but Brennan Armstrong, they just had one game against UConn, which they won 24 to 14. And uh, actually they ran the ball or no, I'm sorry. He had uh 17 uh, out of, yeah, he was 17 out of 26 return. No, sorry guys. 17 out of 26 for 155 yards passing. But then he also rushed the ball pretty good too. And a lot of those plays kind of broke down as well where he had to improvise. 19 carries for 96 yards, two touchdowns. And then their leading receiver is Kevin Concepcion. He had four receptions for 36 yards. What kind of makes me feel good here, even though they ran the ball pretty good against Connecticut, they didn't pat or they didn't uh, stop the run very well against uh, Connecticut. They gave up over 160 yards against UConn. I know UConn's a little bit better. At least that's what I've heard. But and the game was at UConn. But they gave up 160 to UConn. We should be able to exploit that opportunity with the. Uh, I know we're probably going to have four running backs this week, but with our running back tandem and our offensive line, we should be able to exploit that and have some success against NC State. But I can't say enough. We have got to be locked and loaded into this game, and I like that it's going to be at 12 noon because if this was at 3:30 or a night game, even though we have uh, an experienced team at Notre Dame. I think the more you have to wait around, especially for a road game, you start uh, getting a little bit, little bit anxiety uh, uh, kicks in. For it to be a twelve noon game, they're going to have to be ready right away. And us fans too, you know, we got to get up a little bit earlier that day on Saturday morning. And I just think that's the key, right? One of the keys as well. It's a twelve noon game. We should be locked and uh, locked and loaded and ready to go. Is what I'm trying to say. So here we go. Um, what else here? I think that's about it. Oh, the that's what I'm the prediction for me. Uh, even though I think we could win by uh, uh, three touchdowns, I, I think it's going to be not a struggle. But I think uh, even into the second half, this game will be I don't want to say in doubt, but still pretty close. And then we score a late touchdown at the end to seal the deal. But I'm going to say 31 to 16 Notre Dame over NC State, and. Uh, Hopefully, and uh, off to three and zero, and on to uh, Central Michigan uh, next week. So, having said that, here's the thing: uh, this is part two of my podcast, and hopefully, this is the last time I have to mention this. This is going to be another soap do- soapbox, uh, me going off on my soapbox uh, edition. And here, let me just get it right out of the way. So, last uh, or this past Sunday, former coach. Uh, former head coach Brian Kelly, LSU went into uh, Florida, even though it wasn't a true uh, home game for Florida State. They played in Orlando, uh, where the Camping World Bowl, to, Camping World Bowl is. Uh, Florida State, I think, was came in ranked number five. Florida State, number eight. And I thought LSU would win too. I'm still not sold on Florida State, even after Florida State won this game. And uh, it was LSU actually was ahead after the first half, but then they just imploded. In the second half, it reminded me of big games that we had with Coach Kelly that we didn't win, especially on the road or big bowl games. 
where we just, uh, to put it bluntly, just, you know, shit the bed. And even though, yes, he never really won the big game at Notre Dame, uh, he did a lot of really good things for Notre Dame is what I'm trying to say, especially after, uh, if you look at all the coaches after Lou Holtz, even and even the coach before Lou Holtz, Jerry Faust, pretty much mediocre at best coaches. Jerry Faust, before uh, Coach Holtz, was a high school coach at Cincinnati Moeller. One of the biggest, uh, uh, how can I say this? One of the biggest mistakes Notre Dame ever made um, in their athletic program history. And Jerry Faust, I know he's a, a nice guy, great guy, but you don't hire a high school coach. But after Lou Holtz, Bob Davey, mediocre at best. Uh, pretty much decent season, losing season. Decent season, losing season. After him, well, then there was George O'Leary, but then he lied on his resume, so we never got to see what he would have be- become as a head coach. I don't think it would have been much better. Maybe a 10-win season here and there. They hired Coach Willingham, Tyrone Willingham from Stanford. And even though he was mediocre at best, too, I don't think he ever got a fair shake at Notre Dame. He was only there three years before they fired him. I would at least given him five years. But the main thing with Coach Willingham, his recruiting was dreadful. He had Notre Dame in the top 30 when all was said and done. And you cannot do that at Notre Dame, being the top 30. you got to be in the top 10 every year. And he just thought Notre Dame could sell itself. Uh, you couldn't do that anymore. The, the college landscape had changed uh, for college football. Notre Dame could not sell itself anymore. And then we got Charlie Weiss, who had two really experienced classes in 05, 06. That kind of saved him. That's one thing about Tyrone Willingham. His teams were fundamentally sound. He just could not recruit well. And he did have one good recruiting class in 03. That was with Brady Quinn and Jess Samarja. And that class really just uh, made Coach Weiss's 05 and 06 teams appear better than what they actually were or make his coaching appear better than what actually were. The teams were decent, but his coaching was not the greatest and his defenses were just dreadful. And then we got coach Kelly and say what you want to say about him. I know a lot of people can't stand him, but what I'm trying to get at is on yesterday morning, Monday morning, whether it was various Notre Dame outlets, not all of them, you know, the Facebook outlets that cover Notre Dame. And it just wasn't just trolls trolling around Facebook, just trying to bitch and complain or just be ecstatic that Brian Kelly lost. I saw whether it was these various outlets, these delusional Notre Dame fans that were just more ecstatic and happy that Brian Kelly lost again on national television than that we're 2-0 right now, 2-0 right now, and looking pretty damn good as well. To me, I, I'm indifferent either way. Yes, Brian Kelly got lazy at the end, especially with his recruiting, but he did a lot of good things for Notre Dame, made us relevant again, and he's the most successful coach since Lou Holtz. You can't take that away from him. And whether he succeeds at LSU, I don't care. I do not care. And for us fans, this is what makes us look bad. When we troll around the internet and all these other outlets, oh, it's just great when Brian Kelly loses. Well, let's say we lose to NC State this week. We look like idiots again. Not me, because I'm not going around bashing Brian Kelly. But unless he ran over your puppy, stole your wife, verbally or physically abused one of your family members, which none of that has happened to us, we should, to me, let it go. You should not be bashing him or hoping LSU loses. That's your right. I get it. You should just be locked into the next game that Notre Dame has. 
NC State. That is all I'm locked in. All us non-delusional Notre Dame fans, we're just locked into NC State this week to become 3-0. I don't care. I think I think I said Central Michigan before. It could be Western Michigan next week. That's how locked in I'm in locked in I am for NC State this week, whether it's Central or Western. I think it's Central Michigan. I don't care about Ohio State right now. I don't care about Clemson. I don't care about USC. NC State is it. Unless Brian Kelly ran over your puppy. I'm being facetious here, but you know what I mean. Unless he did something harmful to your family physically or mentally, let it go. I can understand, though. Like Phil Dracovic, former Notre Dame quarterback, he transferred to Boston College. Now he's at Pitt. Brian, to me, Brian Kelly screwed him over. I get why he's uh, said some things in the media about Brian Kelly. I think he should let that go eventually as well. But I can see former players where they felt screwed over. I get that. I get that. But for, for fans, just because we are brokenhearted over a stupid football game, get a life. Get over it. Just get over it. This is making us look bad in the media. Get over it. I can't say it enough. But I do understand that part. You know, Everett Golson, his career started out pretty good, but I think Brian Kelly screwed up his career. Uh, uh, Brandon Wimbush started out fairly decent. He had a hell of a high school career. His confidence was shot. And I will say this for that LSU game, and not to harp on, harp on, harp on the, whatever that word is, harp on this too much. Their quarterback, I think his name is Jaden Daniels, who I think is a pretty talented quarterback. But in the second half, I saw him start to lose some confidence. I, I wish the kid the best. I, I'm hoping his confidence isn't too shot. But that it was kind of eerie. It did remind me of Everett Golson once he started to lose his confidence and Brandon Wimbush as well. And we didn't get to see Bill Dracovic get a, a chance. But to me, and I've talked to other people as well, he should have been the starter over Ian Book. But for whatever reason, Brian Kelly wanted to go to Ian Book. And before I harp on this too much, I think that's a word. I keep using that word. But anyway, but before I end this discussion, and hopefully we don't have to talk about this anymore because it's just, just me. There's other people saying too, if you go to various Facebook posts, saying, guys, let it let it go. It's a Notre Dame site. Why are we talking about Coach Brian Kelly? Let's talk about our current coach, Marcus Freeman. So the reason I, I, I'm bringing this up right now, too, uh, Coach Freeman had that great win uh, by 21 points over Clemson last year, and we thought, okay, now we can win the big game, even though we lost to USC a couple weeks later, which was a big game as well. But we were at home. We dominated Clemson by 21 points. But what happened last night? Duke who is getting very better. They have our former defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, who to me is going to get a big-time coaching job in the next couple years. Duke is legit this year. I don't think they're a playoff team or anything like that, but that's going to be a tough out for us as well when we go to Durham uh, in October, I believe. But what I'm trying to say is Duke won by 21 points last night against Clemson. So was that really a big win last year for us? And the thing is, too, it probably should have been 28 to nothing. Duke... Uh, fumbled one of their punts and they were inside the 20 and they gave Clemson a short field. Had that not happened, they probably shut Clemson out. But here's the thing. The last thing I will say, just to kind of give you some uh, basis here and why I think coach Kelly was not as bad as what you, he wasn't bad to me. I mean, yes, he could not take us to that next level after 12 years. It just kind of got stale. And for, other uh, things as well. He was saying he wasn't getting the 
all the resources that Notre Dame should provide to him. I can see bits and pieces of that as well. But at the same time, why don't you keep, uh, why don't you start recruiting a lot better too, uh, Coach Kelly? But at the same time, uh, after the 26, 2016 season, which was a disaster, uh, Coach Swarbrick came in and say, hey, you got to tighten some things up or you probably, your job's in jeopardy pretty much. And that's when he got uh, Coach Elko, who's now at Duke, um, who left Notre Dame for Texas A&M, but then he went to Duke. Uh, in any event, I'm getting too much in the weeds there. And then he co uh, coached Lee for the defense to shore up that defense. But since after 2017 or 2016, when they went 4-8, and 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and his last year in 2021, Notre Dame had at least 10 or more wins for those five seasons in a row. Further, in 2017, I was at that Georgia game where we lost at home 20 to 19 at home by one point. After that game, Notre Dame did not lose a home game in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. It wasn't until that Cincinnati game where we laid an egg in front of the national audience. That was the first time we lost at home since 2017 in early 2021. That was a 26 game home winning streak under Coach Kelly. I repeat, 26 games at home winning streak. That didn't happen with Coach Holtz. Coach Holtz did not have a 26 game home winning streak. And he lost his fair share of games. He won a lot of games at Notre Dame, but he lost some home games, um, actually, multiple home games in a season. Coach Kelly had a 26 game winning streak. And what last year, Coach Freeman's first year, we lost to Marshall at home and to Stanford at home. Unacceptable, especially Stanford. I know Marshall always gets, God, how did you lose to Marshall? Stanford was the worst team last year. So there you go again. So just focus on Notre Dame right now, fans. Focus. Who cares about Coach Kelly right now? Whether if he succeeds, more power to him. But the thing is, too, the, the job was probably getting stale for him. Haven't we changed jobs when it's becoming stale? We want a better opportunity, better opportunity for our family, more pay, you name it. Give him that right. He has that right to do it. He owes, owes us nothing. I repeat that. He owes us nothing. So just stop all this. You know, this is like junior high crap. You know, whether uh, you stole my boyfriend, you stole my girlfriend, just petty, petty, petty enough. Enough of this crap right now is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not a Coach Kelly fan, but at the same time, you know, everybody's like, how can you stick up for Coach Kelly? I'm not going bowling with the guy, but just look, he had he's a pretty damn successful coach at Notre Dame. Most successful since Lou Holtz. Yes, he didn't win a national title. He didn't win one of the big bowls. But that's what I just went over right there. That was a pretty damn good run he had. And why waste your time and energy to just bash a guy when they lose, like LSU did 45 to 24 this past Sunday night, focus on Notre Dame. Because if we lose to NC State or get uh, embarrassed on the national stage by Ohio State, or heck, I don't think Clemson's as bad as what they were last night, or USC, or a bowl game, we look like idiots again. And you want to look like idiots? I do not. I do not want to look like an idiot. So... Thank you so much for joining me for episode 99. And as always, go Irish.